You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Take your time. I hit record, but we're doing a, uh, it's just like a long preamble. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it's always like, folks. What if, what if we hurt, what if in this moment we caught Tom getting a fight with his neighbor and kill him? Maybe. I mean, we had to, we had to delete yeah. all this. And then Ben Affleck directs it like five years from now. <laughs> yeah. But it's based in Dorchester. Oh, of course. How could yeah. it not be? Yeah. It can't be based in Woodside, Queens. It'd have to be Dorchester. Dorchester. I, I like as long these... as I'm played by that guy Slane, the guy that's um, the rapper that's in uh, Gone Baby Gone and um, The Town. No, no, no. I've got a different guy for you. What if we go a completely different direction and you're the skinny old guy in the town? The creepy, skinny old guy who's like... i got to be Pete Postlewaite. Yes. <laughs> yes oh, dude, that guy's face hurts. Yeah, but he's in an the amazing best way, actor, Tom. but his face hurts the face. In the best way. Is, you're out there looking way. for your mama. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I just watched that scene the other day when he goes, if there's a hell son, or if there's a heaven son, I guarantee you she's not in it. Yo, he's a, he's monstrous in that movie. All right, hold on. I'm, hit, I'm hitting record. All right. So we did Welcome. Record. We're not keeping that? We're keeping we it all. Broke. It's all. We're cap. keeping it Let's all. Go. You did your best. If there's your a heaven son, she's definitely not in it. <laughs> Why would it's he really, say you that? Did, you it's did so mean. Really well. Because she, he got her hooked on drugs because his father wouldn't do the work for him. I get it, but why be so mean about somebody's mom years after she's dead? Because he, he's just because Ben Affleck was trying to quit. I know, but he. But my point, Tom. Mean people why, are mean. Yeah, I guess. I wouldn't have had that off the tip of my tongue to be able to be like, if there's a heaven son, she's certainly not in it. (laughs) One, Patrick, go. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Pete (laughs) Porcelwaith. I I love him in that movie. He's he's the weird little creep. His body is like smaller than mine, and he's menacing. And his face is just not great. So much but drinking, and he's got like gin blossoms on his face. Are there any weirdo little creeps in movies that you don't fuck with, Pat? No, I like them all. I, the, yeah, the smaller and weirder like you sucker. are, yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker for that. We go, Mr. Uh, Bean. Oh, I fuck with Mr. Bean heavy. What shout out? We're, we're gonna shout out all our sponsors really okay. quick. <clears throat> to live a lie, to live a lie.com slash score. Go there. Drop that bomb. Um, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Get some stuff. Um, they have some Black Friday stuff. I'm telling you, go um get the hatred surge hatred surge grinding reanimated violence cassette and get the despise you west side horizon cassette. Very cool. Oh, those, that, those are those are fucking heavyweights right there. Yes, sir. Death Wish Inc. Oh, let me hold on. Let me do, yeah. Oh, you're gonna do a clap? Do a clap. <laughs> I kinda like that. What what is that? That's like shaving a haircut. Yeah. All right, whatever. Go yes. They got a Black Friday sale. Go get some stuff. Um, they're doing a bunch of stuff. They they got a bunch of that converged stuff out there. They got that they Hopecon got a, reissue. 
Yep, Hokan oh, Ryushu oh. on pre-order. Go get that. Get that quick. It's all good. Closed casket activities. Oh, ah. Closedcasketactivities.com. Black Friday sale. Now, you're hearing this theoretically the day after it ends. It's 25% off all items. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to petition to our man and say, yo, don't advertise it. Don't say shit about it. Maybe For the Axe to Grind audience, extend that sale till, let's say, 5 p.m. Tuesday, the 30th. Mm. I'm going to see if he'll do it. I'm not, no promises, but maybe we'll do that as a low key thing for you guys. If you're there, you got to get some of these classic stuff. The, the Harm's Way reissue, as important, maybe more importantly to us, those new releases, the Age of Apocalypse record. I actually have been yeah. digging that I Flies record. So um, go check that stuff out, closedcasketactivities.com. And guys, finally, last but certainly not least, Run for Cover Records. Oh, oh, oh. Runforcoverrecords.com. Oh, oh. Their Black Friday sale is running through today. When you hear this, you can go get a bunch of new merch, 25% off everything except the pre-order items and those new Black Friday exclusive designs, which includes new merch from Portrayal of Guilt, Wickerface Springs Eternal, Field Medic, Basement, Fiddlehead, Sunjune. Wow. Um, oh, and um, One Step Closer mm. and um, Self-Defense Family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said. Okay. Uh, um, the the um, what's the design? Endless war with lames. The, uh, we're calling it the Mind Goblin Collection. This is the first of the Mind Goblin Collection on a ringer tee. Uh, Patrick, when's the last time you wore a ringer tee? Two thousand twelve. No, I think I own. I it, somebody gave me one that is like a classic hardcore thing that oh, I like have. That tiger's jaw ringer you got. That's right. <laughs> that, that's the classic hardcore design. That's the one. Just think of the clothes you usually wear. Tiger's jaw, maybe a field medic long sleeve, you know, that kind of stuff. All the hits. Uh, Runforcoverrecords.com. Go get it. Shout out to our sponsors. We love you. Guys, what's happening? How you feeling? I feel pretty good, honestly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm well that sounds fed. Good. He sounds like he's got a second wind. Uh, oh. Yeah, well, that's because we had a day off of tour. The, the second half of this tour is going to be fucking brutal. There's like no days off. I realize... As I get older, a day off is of great value to me. And mm. it used to be that I had that mentality, you know, like like that the uh, this band could be your your life sort of shit where it's like if you if you're not playing, you're paying. It's like no, no, no. Either way you're paying. But one way you're paying with uh, your physical health. And you can get way, money back. You can't get your knees back. That's correct. True story. <laughs> so like a a day off is a, a glorious thing. Well, yo, uh, here's a question for you because this is something Please. At any other time during your musical career, touring career, have you had as much stuff going on outside of the band as you do right now? No, I'm fucking slammed. So that day off is not just the day off from the tour, but a day to catch up, a day to get in, and also the rest, of course. Yeah, I, I, I know that the, the running gag is I do no work, which is partially true, by the way, but it, mm-hmm. I do know... I, I do no work across two and a half careers, and then I got and then I got music on top of that. So it's like you know how much energy got, you have to expound to, to, to uh, or use up to not do a ton of work across two and a half jobs. Yeah, you know what it is to convince your boss that you're you doing no, you doing nothing is what he asked for. It's not easy, man. <laughs> I got to do it yeah, multiple no. times. Multiple is this times where a we week. Re- reveal that you uh, use a, a pseudonym. This is your fake name. 
because you don't want the uh, your your employers to be able to listen to a podcast where you tell them, "Hey, I'm not doing anything." <laughs> so this is where we reveal your real names, like uh, James Allen. You know what I mean? Like, well, hey Bob, you think we're gonna get a Pat Kinlan DNP coach's decision one of these nights? Yeah, I, I think so. Like Pat just Very like doesn't show, it. and it's like a three piece. <laughs> Or yeah, four yeah. piece and like <laughs> someone else be. is singing. He's like LeBron on the on the bench, just resting up for playoff time. Like the tertiary market doesn't get pat. Oh, okay. I think that might start. You know what? I mean, as we continue, as the touring season expands, I think it's just going to make sense. Some nights, you know, if you're in Albuquerque, you might get a uh, roadie singer. You know, that's just here's a question happen. for you, fellas. And, and let's for the benefit of our. I'm curious, and I guess this is stuff I could ask you off the air, but. For the benefit of our listeners who have zero interest in sports, I guess keep mm. it punchy. Mm. Uh, the the gentleman Isaiah is his name. Is Isaiah that Stewart. Isaiah yeah. Stewart, yeah. who took a run at LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me your give me your uh, PTI uh, take on this. Is it uh, is was he in any way justified? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> LeBron clipped him hard. Clipped him hard. Dude, LeBron's he's got to know. Yeah. Le- you made me LeBron's got to know. Blood. He clipped him hard. So you guys do not subscribe to the idea that there's different rules for there's different rules for different people, and that uh, that pushing another man is fine, pushing LeBron is not fine. Uh, no, here's the deal. Look at look at the look at the tape. Dude did not immediately run on LeBron. He he took some words, took some time, and obviously there's a moment where I think he didn't realize how bad it was. Then the blood starts pouring over your face. Um, and I think LeBron could have done more if he didn't want that. He didn't want that smoke. He should have gone harder to the mat to say, yo, I'm sorry. That was on me. And it seems like he tried to still stand his ground. Yo, LeBron, 6'9", 280. Yeah, I was going to say. 6'9", 280-ish. That would have like, been. Yeah. Like, yo, the, the only difference, Isaiah Stewart, trained boxer. Is that true? Yes. Oh, the, oh he would have fucked up LeBron. Born in Rochester, grew up playing soccer and boxing. Damn. No shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you I don't think, know what I went on before that, too, though. Mm-hmm. See, that's that was later in the game. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I, I was seeing the take. Who said it? Gilbert? Somebody said it that was like, yo, there's just two rules here. You, you don't punch LeBron and you don't punch Steph Curry. That's <laughs> welcome to the NBA. Yo, I thought, yeah, I thought I mean, that was an interesting take because then everybody in the comments, and no disrespect to you, fellas, but everybody in the comments section who is not a professional NBA player was like, fuck that. It's, it doesn't matter who, whoever disrespects you needs it. And it's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, is it worth your career? Cause if that's what you're gambling with, I, I just assume LeBron can, LeBron can elbow me in my neck for the right amount of money. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, sure. So I, I thought it was interesting to watch because I was, com- I was on the road completely detached and then I'm just getting things in people's Instagram stories. So wait, uh, Tom, I've got a question for you real quick. Let's, let's set the stage for Patrick. Um, how many times did LeBron punch Isaiah Stewart in the face or get him I, in the face once? We know of once it probably right. could have been 10 times. Yeah. How many times did Isaiah Stewart punch with LeBron in the face? Zero. Right. Because he would have gotten a whole calls. lot. Patrick, there's a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, NBA player, Anthony Edwards came out and said when, when dudes get up in your face in the NBA, he's like, that shit's fake. Yeah, Sure. 
Um, there's a whole lot of what they call hold me back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, parallel to hardcore. You see, I was going to say, I like a good hold me back energy. You know? Yeah. I like a good um, hold me back. Now, Isaiah really put on, he put on quite a show. Which I thought was a little too much. Way too totally much. When he actually sprints towards him, it's felt like over an oversell. You better be I, ready I to said, fucking punch. Uh, yeah, I like said on, uh, with, with our homies at Secret Jocks, I said uh, Cade Cunningham was the MVP who kept getting in front of Isaiah to try to curtail it. It didn't get worse. Yeah. But but the tail of the tape, LeBron got one in. Isaiah Stewart didn't get any. So I don't know why everybody's saying, you can't punch LeBron. Yeah, he didn't. Mm. No. Well, I mean, the same thing. I mean, different. It was a star going after a lesser star. But like the Morris brothers... Always want that mm. smoke. Oh, yeah. And do you see, with uh, Jokic? Yep. Pat, Pat, did you see that? I did not. You know who Nikola Jokic is? I do. Big, big fucking Slavic dude. Yep. Big fucking guy. Talented. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, a great ball player, but like yeah. something happened and one of the, Mar- Mar- was it Marquise Morris, I think? Like hit him. Marquise, yeah. And like, w- like walked away from, oh no, he like followed him really hard, like, un- like intentionally. And like he turned his back to him and walked away. Jokic came over and fucking forearm shivered him right in his back, knocked him right on his ass. Yeah. And now, like, Marquise's brother was like, like, you know, oh, when we play you, I'm going to get you. But, like, Jokic has these two, like, brothers that kind of look like they might be mobsters. <laughs> and, and professional, uh, at least at least one of them has professionally fought, and they look like the henchmen from any bad, like, yeah, Rus- like Russian gangsters. gang movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Slavics, yeah. Um. There's, so, so there's you're telling no me that the stuff. NBA is interesting. Oh, Sometimes. Yeah. And then you just watch Curry put on shows and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Don't moral of the story. Don't punch Steph Curry. Um, yeah. So guys, uh, you want to talk a little hardcore? I do. Although on reflection, Steph Curry might be the only NBA player I stand a chance against. So it's uh, too bad. I can't punch him, but go on. He's probably bigger than you'd think. Oh, yeah. First, uh, no he's doubt. He's probably like Bob size, but we think like he's like, and, oh, he must be like five, six. And diamond cut. And like, yeah. Oh, listen, you know, when I said chance, I meant like I hit him with a hammer and I run. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, yo, uh, we, we dropped our eighties mosh madness convo last week. We're going to post up a list. Um, pretty cool feedback. Lots of opinions. We appreciate it. Okay. Wait, um, Bob, yeah. let yeah. me, let me drill drill. I know too many nineties dudes because it was it was people that my my shit was people that were confused didn't want to talk about the obscures did did you get a different energy did you get people that were all in excited to talk about the obscures oh yeah yeah okay that's great and a mix we're servicing all sorts of people we got some feedback from people who were like oh why'd you pick this why didn't you get this a lot of conversation i think that was interesting is the how is this punk but not hardcore and i said yo look there's no real rule to it. Just like no, we had to make you know, decisions. That's all we it had is. To make decisions, and it's sort of like I said to one fellow. I was like, "Look, one of my big goals was I didn't want to put my personal taste in too hard. I wanted to make sure that all three hosts of the show were represented as much as we could, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, and three, like that, if it was something like when it comes to the hardcore or punk thing, look. It, it's all gravy to me. Like I like almost all the bands that we talked about and left on the periphery. You know, we, we actually, we had conversations weeks ago with Eric Wilson as part of it, talking about some of the SST stuff. I think we are, you know, at least a couple of us, we're, we're into the Minutemen. We like a lot of that stuff. It's just, 
Would the Minutemen ever refer to themselves as a hardcore band? No. I don't think so. Answer's no. Right. <laughs> like, and, and the same is true for Fear. And and maybe same is true for some stuff that made our list. But that's okay. Because we yeah. just had to pick some corners. Um, feel pretty good about what we've got highlighting. Uh, any other feedback? Tom, you get any feedback on our lists? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people were stoked to like either dive into stuff that they had um, were blind spots to them. Um. Some people, like our buddy Julian, um, mm-hmm. still was a little mad about the the carnivore being included because he didn't think carnivore was was a hardcore band. Yeah, we should talk about that actually. I mean, I didn't which, think which, quite honestly. I'm all I right said, with that. I, felt, I, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree. I don't even like the band, but I felt like if we're being fair, so that is the one one band who's come up in conversation that I wanted to put on the table. All right. Um, SOD was the other, but I was like, ah, you know, I, I see those. I see the SOD thing, and there was a time where it was more important. And we're going to be able to have an interesting conversation about SOD, kind of in the same way as we would about Carnivore. Carnivore Retaliation has a song, Race War. Lyrics of Race War are not super great. However, I want to ask you guys, are they meant to be taken literally or no. is it sort of a weird kind of third party reading you, you, you. so here let me read them so that people can understand what we're talking about uh carnivore race war black against white yellow versus red the fighting won't stop until we're all dead burning riots destroy the masses nightfall brings death city reduced to ashes don't call me your brother we fell from different cunts Okay. Your akins, your skin's an ugly color. Mm. Race war, we're going to a race war. Hate war, we're going to a hate war. Um, Pendicial homicide, bloodshed, <coughs> rampage, torture, blah, blah, blah. I can keep going, um, but there's parts here where it starts to be more explaining. You know, Muslims against Christians, the Arabs versus Jews. The Catholics and Protestants, no one wins, we all lose. Everybody's going to die. Xenophobic tendencies instilled in us at birth. Yeah, who thinks this? Is, who thinks that this is anything but a critique of, of uh, race politics? The, very clearly it is. Well, you know, it's mm. the same. It's, 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 it's yeah. tough. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you don't yell, everybody's going to die as a positive. <laughs> like, you know, no, no, and xenophobic tendencies instilled in us at birth. I mean, if I'm reading, if these were crass lyrics maybe would feel different right okay let's talk about that the only reason that i think that we because i'm looking at these lyrics right now and they're to me manifestly satire or if not satire critique not even satire critique Mm -hmm. but the only reason that you might not think that is because these are morons these are knuckleheads and it's because it's not crass because it's not some high-minded effort at like you know like hey here's something for everybody and it's just kind of like no disrespect to carnivore really but just like kind of like goombas in our eyes like we have a tendency to be like oh they can't have a that like of course they're literal but it's not literal i'm looking right at it now what about the carnivore logo patch i just sent you would wear what about and you would probably get beat up because that's definitely yeah. like an offshoot of a swastika <laughs> It's yeah, not. It's not very. It's not a great look. I'll be honest. Pretty sure. No, I mean, I think they were. They were. Logo. They were Steve. Al, the Steve Albini's of like Quentin yeah. Road. Like Flapjack. That's Jack. exactly right. 
Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I think they're a little bit. I wouldn't. All right. Here's the thing. Yes. And like I said before, I thought they belonged just just because if we're talking about like six, the 64 most important band, like. Oh, yeah. Most, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and influential, I don't, I, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, if you like fucking sheer terror or if you like fucking blood for blood, a lot of it came from like carnivore. I, uh, I, uh, Tom, I'll take it one step further. If if you like early metalcore, like this, you got a lot of it right here. Like, of I, course. I if you like twitching tongues, if you like life of agony, yeah. if you like, like it's all from. But you know, you got to take. You know, it's a little tongue in cheek, but it's like one of those things. It's like, all right, I'm going to age myself. And no, please, like Archie Bunker, like he was racist. But like some of the stuff he said, he didn't totally mean. But he was still kind of fucking racist. Like we're talking yeah. about a dude that wrote like the questionable stuff on an, on another record that might actually be on our list. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music, or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. Yeah, I mean, look. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's I, true. I, I'm not diving so into So it's not the, like it's part of his character. It's not just like him being like, I wrote this fucked up shitty song, this one song. It's like kind of a repeating theme throughout his work. Okay, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out and cape for, cape for this and say yes. Uh, let's say different time in the respect that provocation was uh, much more part of the uh, part of the flavor of the day. Right now, you can't be a provocateur of any meaningful type. Uh, but without looking into a guy's heart, I'm just reading these lyrics, and I I truly cannot see any world where somebody could read them purely literally. Now, if you want to get into it and be like, oh, but I heard he, uh, <laughs> I heard he said this, or I heard he said that in an interview, or I heard he did this or whatever, whatever, that's fine. But like on these, on the merit of these lyrics alone, I see, I see nothing that would make me think that he's being literal. In fact, the parts that, that read like, oh, that's sketchy. They, they're almost in every instance, they're accompanied by something that puts it firmly tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't feel again. I don't know the guy's heart and I don't know where his head was at at this exact moment, but looking at these lyrics, I don't feel any sort of way about him. So that brings up the question. Are we comfortable putting shine on the record? Oh yeah. Tom, I'm cool dropping it. (sighs) So it's up to me. You know, the big problem for me, because I, I don't disagree. Well, there's, there's major parts to me. I do think this was influential. And that's um, kind of where it belonged. Right. It, it, it's influential. There's conversation to be had 
about it. And I actually think maybe we do a conversation on a separate episode about carnivore typo negative, Pete Steele in general. You can tie in the, the cause for alarm stuff, all that stuff, his involvement in New York hardcore. Because I think it's actually interesting because I don't think it's it's not square. It's not like easy peg stuff, in my opinion. Well, it, just to your point about it being influential and that mattering for the purposes of this conversation, above all, in my view, is I, I'm i like, why don't we talk about YDL more? And you guys are like, because they're bad also. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? a big problem. And, like, I can talk to you about the YDL demo, which I think is pretty good, but like, then you get anywhere past that and it's like, yo, this is just kind of bad. But that's like, the thing, right? Bad. Is like, we're not talking about YDL for the sake of talking about YDL. We're talking about something that actually had legs and it, it has influence moving forward. Like an I early crossover that, hardcore band. Yeah, that's the conversation. You know what oh, I mean? And, and so, that's, yeah. And so, so to me, there are records that I would rather include than this one. Um, for example, I straight up forgot the record Ill Repute, What Happens Next? which I think is, I had labeled aggression as one of the most important. We talked about the Stalic 13. Ill repute, repute might be more, man. Ill repute what happens next is probably more important in terms of like the... But more important thing. than carnivore, though? <sighs> to like today's hardcore, scale, no not. chance. To today's hardcore, no chance. To the fact that the metal influence came in and metallic hardcore crossover into metalcore no chance it's not even close unfortunately to me but it's just yeah and, and that's not to dismiss those sounds but it's just no no chance um, well bob though before, before you go in it, mm-hmm. it's you say that and i agree with you hardcore at large owes more to carnivore at this exact moment they but, changed the f but to our listeners to oh, our I mean, listeners I, I think i would speak to i think our listeners fall pretty squarely in the middle of we have older listeners. We have people who are like, yeah, ill repute. That matters. And we have a lot of people who are hearing this right now going, I've never heard ill repute. No, but they may but not have heard carnivore is- either, but they've never heard ill repute. And some of the bands we're talking about as being influenced by carnivore, they have heard. Hold on. Can we make this a bit like a tiny bit of a quick hit right here? Of course. Do, do you think, let's say that carnivore, uh, has had a greater influence on our listeners who like things a little bit more metal tinged. That's a lot of our listeners for sure. But we also have listeners for whom ill repute would be like, uh, the middle point between to live a lie material and triple B material. And that shit is wildly popular among our listeners. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is, and this is a 1984 LP from California. And when I look at it, I'm like, man, this record has some hits. It's a really good record, and we don't we don't put a lot of we don't put enough shine. I think we all three would say, "Yo, this podcast has a bit of a New York bias," but for no, good reason. No shit, and yeah. it, but for good reason. Like, yo, we're, we're we're we. There's no like, yo, oh, we talk too much about. It. You know, we talk about it because it's it's a lot of what we know, and it's also kind of the biggest thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and I look at our list, and I go, you know what? We have AF cause for alarm. We have leeway. We have judge. We have SOD. Um, does carnivore bring something different? We have the crumb suckers. Does carnivore bring a different angle of representation to what those do? I'll be really I, honest. I'll be really honest. I'll answer the question myself. I think it does, unfortunately. 
Yeah, I think it. I think it does. I I I think there's some New York thing we could kick (laughs) off there if we want to keep if we want ill repute in. Which to to be frank, now that you mention it, I think kind of needs to be in there. But I think it does. Um, I mean, so here's my candidates for pushing out. Uh, I would push out SOD speaking English or die. I would push out. Okay, I would push out Youth Brigade Sound and Fury, but I kind of like including it. Um. I think I'm hard pressed to push anything else out or, or carnivore. Um, and I could also be pushed to, to push out battalion of saints, second coming or no for an answer, a thought crusade. But again, I kind of like those being represented in here. But I mean, in terms of, of importance. Oh yeah. No, I mean like, but no, no one, no one's like, Oh, I started this new horror band. It's kind of influenced of by battalion of saints. <laughs> <laughs> Not a living person. You know, you know, like, I know disrespect to them. No, no, no. There might have been a moment about 14 years ago in the middle of that No Way records wave. But that's like a, like, literally, there's 10 people going, yeah, that's right. Right. And everybody else is like, what? What? No Way records? Right. But you're talking about, like, like Twitching Tongues wrote a sequel to a Carnivore song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, in the last five, you know, 10 years. Yep. Yeah. No. And, like, and I don't think anyone's being like. Yeah. Right. That's. I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I don't like. No, the, I agree. I, I agree. I don't like carnivore really, but I think in terms of import, if we're being fair, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I mean, I think carnivore, and I think I mean as much as the same thing with SOD. Like those are at times of like during the crossover that like changed hardcore. Well, okay, like Tom, youth, I agree. youth brigade didn't change hardcore. No, no, I agree with that, but but I think Bob had a point where do we get SOD's energy? in any of these other picks because I don't think we get carnivores energy in any of these other picks. That's why I think like for the sake of the list, carnivores got to stay. I agree that everything's influential. The, everything we're talking about right now, sure, influential. Sure. but I think for the, for the kind of the, the sturdiness of the list being representative, uh, carnivore stays in my view. SOD could probably go. What else in that, what else is in that kind of crossover fun thrash sort of energy that we, we already represent. Oh, you know what I mean? I think of SOD as being like entirely more intentionally goofy. And I, they, oh, they're very goofy. And I so think Leeway is like, or, so, so SOD is sonically, sonically, it's not very much like Leeway. It's like, Halfway to Carnivore, but not all the way to Carnivore. It's got the energy of Murphy's Law and then a little more further. Sonically, I guess the next closest might be AF Cause for Alarm. Right. Um, oh, yeah, that's true, actually. But, I would but think I SOD or Carnivore would because it, it, it represents okay. like the crossover and the energy. Okay, okay. Let, let's Let, do this. Let's do this, yeah. Let's take uh, off SOD, leave Carnivore, but we can talk about SOD and talk about that kind of world of stuff because it, it isn't the same. It isn't the same. But there's a world where this kind of stuff, like in the time before now, in the pre-2000 era, it wasn't that everyone who loved Carnivore loved SOD, etc. But for me... Like as a young punk kid, I had a friend or two who are more onto the metal side of things who really repped for a lot of New York hardcore, um, a lot of stuff I liked, but also was like, yo, but SOD, man, oh, and there was a couple others really liked MOD, really liked Carnivore, really, you know what I mean? The guy who's like, yeah, I mean, I love all this stuff, but Slayer is still my favorite band. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
the the kid the kid with the kid who sees himself as a hardcore kid perhaps but to our ear is much more into the adjacent realm that the adjacent changes every 10 years yeah so like there's a period where adjacent means everything metal influenced and now adjacent means probably everything kind of like post title fight influence but like yeah. the adjacent changes, but it's still that concept. You know, that's actually of- an interesting conversation for both for all of us at some point. Is what was the adjacent um, in the nineties? You know what I mean? Because I think there was a lot of it. Oh, I because I, I mean, we had we, the we had like the the nineties emo, like the the um, other side Texas of Jade Tree. And, yeah, 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 and like the other side of Jade Tree, and then there's some labels that were specific into it, where it was like, "Yo, this was really popular," and yes, hardcore kids liked it, but it had its own world of people who who wouldn't totally fuck with hardcore. You know what I mean? Doghouse. And yeah, I mean, eighties, and even in the different part of the nineties, you might have had stuff like SOD and Carnivore. That, well, that's what I mean. Is that it's like, like to me, Carnivore is purely adjacent, but we know many, many, many hardcore kids who it's on their, not maybe not their Mount Rushmore, but it's like a significant thing. So like, I don't know. I, I, f- I find these bands kind of interesting because to my version of hardcore, this is not dyed in the wool at all. And these are like slightly adjacent, but the linkage, it's like Texas is the reason. Like Texas is the reason to me is like, well, it's poo poo, but it's also like, Hey, it, it's also very no disrespect to the Texas is the is the reason uh, musicians who listen to this podcast. Sorry, I called your life's work poo poo, but the I guess what I'm saying is it, it, it it's got a um it it does have its own world hundred percent has its own but it's always it's it's always in the mix yeah. you know what I mean or yeah. or was always in the mix. It was, it was, yeah. If you like this stuff, it's a step over. Um, yeah. Okay, so so we're keeping Carnivore. We're gonna say goodbye to SOD, but we are gonna do some content about it for somebody who was excited about that. And we're gonna add ill repute. What happens next? In okay, I'm um, I'm good with that. Tom, are you good with that? Sure, I'll go along to guess. I, I, I would have I would have kept SOD over Carnivore, but I get really it. okay. I mean, like I, I don't I, I, mean, I don't like Carnivore too. like actively. But like I don't, right, but, I actually kind of enjoy that you, one. Do you have director. strong feelings on SOD though? It's like he just kind of likes it. Yeah, yo, I dig I'm, it. But like, but I think Carnivore is more hardcore than SOD is okay. Anthrax with the hardcore character. Yes, see, that's how I feel. Okay, go. that's. Perfect. I mean, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Let, uh, let's do this. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's Carnivore uh, with with a vote of no confidence from Tom. All right, is that cool? Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and let me second the no vote or no confidence, but with both Tom and I acknowledging that we think that record does have this weird relevance to hardcore now, and we're going to pick it apart when we do it. So, All right. and, and, and I mean, sonically, I'm willing to bet there's going to be a lot positive to take out of it, but we can't ignore. And that's going to be part of this. Hopefully, everybody who's listening, we're not going to look at this stuff. And and excuse it per se. We're we're going to talk about it and try to be really honest because yo, lots of these records have weird um, chrono chrono twerks on them where it's like, ooh, you wouldn't do that now, you know? Right, but that's on some level that's just that's to be expected. And what we should not do, and I yeah, yeah, I suspect I I know we won't do is the part that's difficult for us because. Uh, maybe you know we don't know everything, obviously, and we never claim to. But sometimes we know a little bit more th- than 
we talk about on the air. And, and there's, uh, some things are like, yeah, we have, um, Tom, as a lawyer, what would you call that? Where, uh, we have supporting evidence to some of the shipping, uh, maybe a little, maybe a little sketchier than, than even yeah. the music lets on. Um, it hasn't met discovery yet. So we're good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it hasn't met Thank you, Tom. Tom really always brings authenticity when you try to go there. And he, yeah. he just hits it. Um, all right. I feel good about that. Um, shout out. Shout out to the people who caught my mistake when I said, when I was talking about JFA and talked about liking their seven inch, I miss said uh, Land of No Toilets, which is the ill repute seven inch. I was talking about blatant localism, the JFA seven inch. None How of that dare matters. You. How dare you? I tried to explain to somebody. I was like, yo, you know what the thing is? In 2001, I believe, I bought both those seven inches, one at Generations and one at FMU within like weeks of each other and was always so psyched because these were these two like early 87. So like it was like, yo, that means literally nothing to anybody and doesn't make any sense except in my own brain. So shout out. uh, Glad we got that ill repute record. Tom, one thing I wanted to tell you. Yes. Because I had a couple people who said the same thing, who said they felt Fuck so that. good about hearing you say this. Because there's a bunch of records on here that people said, yo, I'm just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know that record. Or I don't know this band. And there's some deep cuts that are like, yeah, no clue at all. But they're like, yo, it's so cool to have. And, and I think this goes for all three of us. There are records on here I have not given true time to. Oh, yeah. There's records on here I haven't given true time to in 10, 15, 20 years. So we're all going in on this ride together and doing some discovery, some different things. So I think it's going to be really fun. And uh, yeah, so so anybody who listens, young, old, new, old, this is your first episode or your your last, (laughs) um, don't be intimidated (laughs) by this project. You know what I mean? Do do it with us. Listen to the records. Give them honest time. And I bet you find when you listen to 60 something records, there's a good chance you're either going to rediscover a record you used to love or love some new music, which is kind of part of our gig here. Although it's, it's also funny if somebody does the entire ride with us and just is watching a completely different movie and because they walk away going, God damn, I hate 80s hardcore, which would be fine too. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be. It's also just very funny. I also want to shout out the people who hit us and said, ah, oh, you're doing my least favorite decade of hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You know, because I know for me, that's that's like, uh, it's not heresy, but it's close. No, actually, like, wow. real quick, let's talk about that as a concept. Yeah. Because we're, we are, I don't know who said that, but let's just assume that we're a couple years older, perhaps a decade older. Uh, that That is fascinating because uh, now you have so many decades to choose from. When I got involved in this, you had it was two. Yeah, you had really you had one and a half. <laughs> so, right. so like, right? It, it's there were two uh, shelves to pick from. You really couldn't. Yeah. yeah, and you could either be you could either be totally into what's ha- what was happening at right that time with yeah. some effort to uh, educate yourself on stuff that be- happened before it, <clears throat> or you could be the guy that's obsessed with the stuff that happened before. But but those were your only real options. Now, 
we've got a great many listeners for whom 2000s hardcore is not just their hardcore. They believe in their hearts. That is the best, the best. hardcore. And right. I mean, quite honestly, we, I mean, we would probably think, I mean, my, me personally, I gravitate to the 90s. You know, Tom, at every, grand other, scheme of things. at every other juncture in my life, yes. But I feel like I've heard it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, but you I heard know it for the first time in the 90s. Right, I, listen, I know it's not true that I've heard it all, but I feel right. too familiar like with it. Like you've covered the whole field. Yeah. I, I feel but like I, it. And yeah. again, I think, look, yeah. When people bust out their like local opener that I've never heard of, I'm still thrilled to get familiar with it. But like yeah. in people my head, show, I'm like, Oh shit. Like we got to talk about the nineties. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like no, I mean, it's, it's as much garbage as is good. Yeah. But I, mean, I think even doing divvy them up in decades is even probably not fair. Oh no. Because it's if, just you think of, like, if you yeah. think of the eighties, 80 to 85 and then 86 Correct. to 90 or 89, Correct. whatever the hell you want to break down completely different. Tom, yeah. it's, it's a theory I've had for a long time and maybe I've mentioned it here before, but maybe I haven't is that, when we look at like sports is a great example. <clears throat> when you look at five year periods, there is so much more consistency in a five year range, and that you can actually look at these sample sizes and go, okay, this actually feels like a time period. Tom, like you can get more definitive answers in a five year period. For example, Tom, who's the best basketball player of the eighties? Would you say the decade of the eighties? Of the eighties, you would. I would probably go. Kareem, so Kareem Larry is the Bird. best. Probably. I wouldn't pick Jordan. It's not Jordan. Jordan's not. I pick um, Jordan would be the nineties from ninety to ninety five, and then there's a real argument that he also has the late nineties too. Yeah, um, I mean it might be Magic or Bird. So, so Larry Bird is almost definitively the best player from nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty five, or eighty to eighty four, whatever you and want to do. Blows back out, knows it. Well, they won the world. Well, they won the championship in eighty six. They won a few. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the last championship he won. But here's the other big part. He was almost four years older than Magic when they entered the league. So he hit his prime much earlier, won his MVPs earlier, all that stuff. But then from 85 to 90 or 86 to 90, might be Magic. Uh, mm. it, it's pretty easily, you could have a conversation about Magic. You might be able to mention Isaiah. You might be able to mention Jordan, but it's not Larry Bird. But in, in those five-year blocks, you can be a lot more definitive. And it's like, Hey, who was the most important band from 1980 to 1984? Uh, bad brains. Bad brains. Maybe it's Minor Threat. Maybe it's Black Flag. But we know right, it's right. not. It, we know it's not Youth of Today. But from 86 to 90, might be Youth of Today. <laughs> right, know? but they when wouldn't have been the eight, overall 80s pick. But they, but yeah, they, when you go gets, to the whole yeah. 80s, it's a lot harder. So you're totally right. We do the decades because it's kind of fun. And oh yeah, honest, no, no, I mean, a lot of natural. Mix. Yeah. Exactly. But I I totally agree. I think when we talk about the decades, you got to realize that some of it's a little bit arbitrary. Um the 90s is so interesting because of the adjacent stuff. I think so much so much of my favorite parts of the 90s are the adjacents. Quicksand into another, some of the, you know, the lifetime stuff, you know, where where it's pushing away from the center of what right, threadbare like in weird Dude, yeah, yeah like and, and I mean Honestly, nine, the 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 middle ground of hardcore in the '90s shifted very hard from where it was in the '80s, right? Um, to the point where, like, 
by 1980s standards, and this is a conversation that I think makes sense, by 1980s standards, Earth Crisis is not a hardcore band. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. But it's not fair Correct. to not call them a hardcore band because the 90s, they're cl- they are closer to center than something that might have been tried and true, quote unquote, hardcore in the 80s. Um, so, so it's, it's a really fun conversation to have. I actually think I liked what you said, Patrick, the being able to pick from different shelves, the, the four shelves theater theory. Mm. Um, and it's either a conversation for an episode or some sort of a game for an episode where we say, okay, on the eighties shelf, I'm pulling out seven seconds, new wind. Give me a record from the other three shelves, the nineties, the two thousands and the 2010s that you would use to complement seven seconds new wind. Oh, that's an interesting idea. We'd have to do some pre, like this would be, yeah, a we, I, I would, cause we can't, I, I, I think off the top the of our moment. heads, we're all going to like pee our pants. So, um, lifetime. <sighs> yeah. Right. Like, like uh lifetime. Hello. Bastards may, or yeah, maybe, I'd go, maybe. I'd go silent majority. Oh, see. And then from the two thousands, the two thousands might be the hardest. I think, the 2010s, I probably would do um, the praise, the last praise record, which I think yep. is is pretty good. But the 2000s, what would you do from the 2000s? A melodic <sighs> band from the 2000s. Melodic singing. I mean, maybe would you do a kid dynamite. Or I mean, is that too uh, much? Dan- that too I much. Mean, that's too, that might be too fast to, to me. Maybe I go Polar Bear Club, but then you're starting to go far afield. Yeah. Maybe you go crime, crime and stereo. Um, what's oh, the, the early crime and stereo stuff. You could do it, stateside. You know. Yeah, I'd pick. I'd pick something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so that would be a fun. I don't game. know if they would. No, they might not. <laughs> they might go GB. Maybe it's GB eighties. Uh, oh right. Well, you, you, lifetime nineties. And 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 that's gonna be so. So all right, we're, this is gonna be a game, the four shelf game, where we're gonna pick guys' up, grocery games. Um, yo, Bob's you, Band Bonanza. How many yes. how many game shows do you guys watch? I have friends who watch a lot of game shows, and I'm kind of I left don't. out in the cold. Okay, no, I, I watch, I was, yeah, I'd watch Jeopardy if it's on. Mm. Yeah, there's a um, what have I watched? I don't. I'm terrible at TV, but I watched. Um, there's a show called The Wall. Okay, it's terrible. It's exactly like what it's meant for. Like, hey, it's eight thirty. You just finished your fucking hungry man dinner, and now you're gonna sit yeah. down and watch some TV. It's literally, it's like they get like two family members usually. And like mm-hmm. you drop these, like, it's like Plinko. Remember Plinko from? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're dropping rubber balls. Okay. And they it, land in like in these different uh, monetary, um, you know, like yeah, across yeah. the board from like zero to a million. But then like one person's on the other end that they can't hear you and you have to like bet if they're going to know the answer to these questions. Okay. It's pretty fucking terrible. It's this dude, Chris Hardwick, who was like canceled. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah, yeah. about this sounds – I hate – Tom, I'm like doing my best to be like, Tom – Oh, no, dude. It's awful. Like I was saying it and like <laughs> it's it's to the point that I was like at Thanksgiving. I go, hey, mom, you ever watch like The Wall? She's like, gets a little too hokey at the – like my mom, who's like the nicest old Irish lady ever, 
<laughs> was pretty much like, shut up, you jackasses, and just get to the end. Because they'll go like, you know, like, so Pat, me and you were in there, right? So you're behind, and I have to guess if you're going to know these. Then they give you the option, do you sign a con- sign the contract where you get a, a, like a certain guaranteed amount of money, or you go – Dude, it, there's so much. Or you go for what's like on the wall, right? So then they meet they, – then they, they bring you out. We go face-to-face and like it's literally 10 minutes of like, you know, Patrick, you're like – you know, you're amazing. You're one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I think, you know, no matter what happens here, you know, I'm always going to be proud of you. And I love – like it's like it goes on for like 10 minutes. Oh, no. And then it's the other like person pre-able? does the same thing oh. back. And then they're like, I signed the contract. And it's like, you fuck, we had a million and a half dollars on the wall. Like, it's, it's so annoying. I, I hate watching that. Tom, I'm, I'm Googling Kevorkian suicide machine right now. I, <laughs> I, I hate everything you're saying. Um, yo. It's a terrible, terrible show. I recommend no one watch it. But Guy Fieri, I watched some guy's grocery games while I had, I had cable at the family house. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's fun. So that brings me to a point here, Tom, because I think it's true. Has the time of cable TV channel flicking, is it totally gone? I think it still I mean, exists the TV is in terrible. suburbia. You know what I mean? It is really terrible. But like you have enough reruns. You still have cable TV movies that are on. Like, Listen, I, I'm in ho- I'm in hotels every night. Oh, yeah. So, so you do. So I see a lot of and, – and my bandmates are not sports guys. Normally a hotel is just – ESPN is just on sports the entire center. time because it's the only thing that you might get like – uh, an update during the you know what I mean like there's something yeah meanwhile you guys it. are like you get to the channel that has friends on for 12 hours in a row and you go this is it listen this is how it, this is how it ends fucking uh, Comedy Central plays six hour blocks of South Park and and MTV then the office play- in alternating ri- yes rotation. yeah and- and MTV plays six-hour blocks of ridiculousness. I think six is being low. <laughs> yeah. I think did they play send, like yeah, exclusively ridiculous. Did you send the the like TV listing of MTV or was I did? That? You did that. Oh my god! And I thought it was a meme, but it was real. It's real, and uh, you, you know, uh, Eric, who works in television, was pointing out. Yeah, I mean, they probably did the math, and they're just playing Moneyball with the fact that hey, ridiculousness nets us the exact same amount of money as, as doing like anything else that we were doing. So right. And fuck. they could probably get a month. They film for a month and they probably have a year's worth of yes. stuff. And, but I mean, I got to say like, I don't, be, nobody's talking about it. Cause I don't think anybody's watching television, but television is in a really pathetic state, like super it's dire. Like if I worked in that business, listen, I work in comics, which are a niche dying industry. And I am less concerned <laughs> than fucking somebody in television. I can't imagine anything scarier than like looking down the barrel of like being 25 and working for CNN. I'd be like, Oh, there's no future here. You know, I'm fucked. TV, but there like, are like those pristine, like the prestige shows that are still fucking killing. It. It's like some money. of the best TV and movies going, you know, are these like HBO shows or, Netflix shows or so there's still stuff like that but like the average like I'm gonna sit down you know and have you know a cup of very vanilla ice cream and watch TV like on a <laughs> that's over on a Wednesday night it's well, fucking that's the thing. dark there's a part of me that you know Patrick you pointed out Tom you said it when you were at your mom's uh, with Patrick in the hotel room yo cable TV that was a weird like for our generations of people like Yo, you would just lull yourself. Like, I'm just going to flip channels and just chill. Yes. And I don't think young people have that now. No. And, it's you, uh, it's YouTube. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I, it, but there was, it, it's, so, is it more mindless than YouTube? Because YouTube feels like you have to be actively, you, you either let it roll, but you kind of had to have the initial impetus of. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Whereas with TV, you start somewhere by turning it on and then going, oh, this is on. Okay. Right. This is on commercial. I'm going to move. Right. Oh. Is, is it the same or is it a little different? I. Uh, no, it's it's a little different. It's more active. Like yeah. the idea of just flipping channels mindlessly. Although some people just le- like turn on the autoplay and just let one shit play into another. But I think those people are like super high. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> to me. That's crazy because that that leads to a dark place real quick in any YouTube shit I've ever done. Um, oh, okay, yo, uh, we're not gonna. This is gonna be a pretty quick one, but I did want to bring to you guys. I, we talked about it briefly in the chat. The end of the year is coming up. We always do our end of year lists. So I, you know, a prod to say, "Hey, start thinking about this." Here's my question: Do you think more good hardcore has come out this year, or more good hardcore came out last year in what is going to be a weirdly a weird year to look back at historically for anything? Like, think about in five years when we can go, "Oh, we're going to do the year in hardcore 2020." Yeah, that'll be great. Context there, was no, there were no shows. Right, Just, right. Yeah. But but like, think about this. Say it's 2030. Some 20-year-old's getting into hardcore. We're dead by then. We're just dead. Um, I mean, but yeah. they're looking back and listening to like Nick's to Grink um, about, you know, hardcore. And uh, they do a year in 2020. Will that context matter? So initial question and then feel free to go wherever you want. Did more my better gut, hardcore come out this year or last? My gut with no, there's nothing to substantiate. Like I'm not going to provide any evidence because I would need to actually sit and think, but my gut says this year far better than last year. Me too. Cause I feel like last year, if I had to guess people held off on stuff because of the uncertainty, I think people in 2021, when stuff started popping, people were like, well, we could get a record out now. And like, while they might not have done that, and we know bands that have done that. No, that yeah, I mean, I don't think we're telling, and I don't think we're telling tales out of school to say that like the Fiddlehead LP would have That's come out last year. Yeah. Once right, that it came out a year LP, after it could have. One Step Closer's LP probably would have come out this year, but the initial goal was to, for it to come out middle of last year. You know, um, so right, there's exactly. a lot of things that would have been different. Um, I, I think, think you're right. Back. I think you guys are right. 2021 has been better. But I'm also I'm also just kind of starting to work through figuring out what some of my favorite stuff was. There has been a lot of good stuff this year. Um, have you guys felt like that? Has there been a lot of good new stuff? Has there been any new material that's kind of caught your eye? What are you thinking? So there hasn't been new material that necessarily like that I'm playing all the time. But I will say that I'm excited for every every fucking announcement at the moment, which is like. Not no disrespect to the bands that were rolling stuff out last year, which I thought was like an admirable effort, and for some bands, really smart. But I uh, I wasn't like month to month excited about things that people told me were coming out or d- were announced. And now I'm like, at least my ears perk up at basically everything, which might just mean I'm in a good headspace and like a mark at the moment. But like for a guy who is complaining that nothing's connected with me lately, at least I'm fucking excited. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm kind of in the moment. Also, I got to say part of that is from now touring where you see 
that people are really into live music at the moment. So like even stuff that I'm not like, I doubt I'll be playing very much. I'm still like, Oh, that'll be a fun show. Like no names, but like for a drug shirt, drug church tour, we were like a bunch of names got thrown at me for support. And some of them like their records fucking suck. But I was like, that'll pop. That'll be cool. Like, because it's like, I know that people are excited to fucking do like an awkward head walk and break their ass to a lot of shit right now. And that's pretty encouraging to me. I'm waiting for the record of 2021 won't happen obviously. Cause we got a month, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the record that like total, like, like clicks Defines. for me. Yeah. Like okay. I'm just like listening yeah. to it nonstop and it hasn't happened yet this year, but like I, I, I I'm feeling good about like the, this year as a whole. Tom. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, you know, like the Long Island melodic hardcore stuff mm. has been great. Still, like the Stand Still Koyo, all that sort of stuff has been great. That Pain of Truth record was good. Oh, like yeah. super heavy. You know what I mean? Like bands that like were just kind of like playing their first shows, like and and you know, selling out their first show. Yo, shout out to Long Island for kind of having this crazy like let's keep shit like like boiling over in terms of anticipation and the moment that shit is open they went to it with a fucking real (laughs) yeah and so shout out to them there's other scenes that are doing that same shit where it's like hey everybody let's we're jumping we're we're going to make these big you're going to come you're going to have a good time and we are going to reap the benefits of the fact that people are psyched and like, shout out, train, shout are you kidding me? Tsunami. And, and, and then shout out some of the peripheral, like um, the venue in the valley, the midnight, is it the midnight hour? Midnight hour? Uh, midnight hour, yeah. Awesome to say, hey, look, we're coming out of this thing and we're going to have a venue. And it looks banging. I love that, the, the way that spot looks. Um, Andy? Yo, Andy yeah, spot? And, oh, yeah. Andy spot, right? What's um, it called? It's something in Italian. I was calling it Quattro Formaggio, but it's not. Buca de um, <laughs> no, no. What is it? Seriously, do you know PK? No, I do not. It's open. Uh, I mean, it's like a real play. I didn't make it up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That I know. Uh, it's a legit. Es- like, hold on. I'm gonna look it up. I'm yeah, name that. escapes me. The Beppo. Uh, <laughs> shout out. You know, googling Buka de Beppo. Stand still. We said Koyo. Uh, shout out to No Pressure. Uh, oh yeah, definitely more on the pop punk tip. But like, yo, that band's Blown banking up. big rooms already. And like, yeah, I remember crazy. being like. When like Harry and everybody was, in, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, I wasn't like not being disrespectful. I was like, I have no idea what this is. No, no, no. And then they, I was like, they, oh, they're like jamming, like they're packing out every place they play. Yo, yeah. so I, so I think dude. Bob knew what was up, but Tom, you and I were both like, like, oh, yo, we're spent because we don't. This is popping, and we had no idea. Yeah, I'm like that dusty that I have no idea what this is. <laughs> it's ma- mono occulta. Okay, Before, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yes, thank you. Mono not Buca de Beppo. No, not, not Buca de Beppo. Pe- Maybe you yeah, can get some, you know, or some Quattro Formaggio at the. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what Manja, else. Manja, Cali's folks. got a ton of stuff going on that, that knocked loose, like fucking interactive, like made a, ca- a cartoon and a fucking album. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is fucking insane. Um, yeah, we got to do, let's do, stuff. let's do a whole new music thing in like, you know, not today, but next time we record, um, shout out to the, uh, I think it's Roach Leg Records who did some of the best like punk fast hardcore demos I've heard, um, Fatal War, People's Temple demos, like really good stuff. Um, 
I think is it Fatal War? I think it's Fatal War, which is uh, Madden from a bunch of Jersey bands. Um, oh, all right. Uh, Dan from War I'm singing. Yeah. Um, is it Final War? Maybe it's Final War. Uh, can I quick hit you Final fellas War. real quick? Hit me, Pat. Tom, have you seen the uh, latest uh, consumer product to use uh, a uh, indecision line? No. Is there, a, <laughs> there have there been past ones that I miss? Well, you know that like everybody and their mother uses for those I love, I will sacrifice. In, in yeah, oh yeah, and I have no idea. It's like, it, dude, it was mint. I saw it on a fucking wall. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, they get the tattoos and they don't fucking. You know. So, uh, I just sent you a link. Uh, this is Matt Pozzolo's comic, which is kind of long. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> ah. So, uh, here's the difference. Pozzolo is a Long Island hardcore kid. Uh, oh, so, so he, this is legit then. This is he like knows a the, he, he knows oh, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you should yeah, I mean, you should be sending him a question. And be like, "Hey, where's my comps?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this I mean, dude, it, it's called God Killer, which is apropos. Yes, and it is apropos for those I love. What will sacrifice? Yeah, there you go. Uh, he is. Uh, do you know this guy? I do. I know him well. Uh, oh, I want some books. He, uh, I mean, his books are gibberish. I can't read this shit, but he, uh, I mean, he can send me it to me sign. I'm not going to fucking I'll hang it somewhere. Yeah, no, for, oh, well, I'll get you those. He's actually, he's a fun dude because he's a straight edge dude, but he is like, he writes basically drug books like th- this book. Like when I, mean, I said, I, trippy, man. yeah, when I said, I can't read this shit, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, it's like, it's meant to be strange. It's meant to be like tr- kind of transgressive. Uh, the he's, He's a dude um, – uh, he likes to keep a very low profile. He's like one of our sponsors in that respect. Uh, mm. And he uh, – but he's the guy who like – in Long Island, he 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 and some friends launched a basically uh, uh, DVD distro business when DVDs were like super profitable. <laughs> so yeah. like wow. – you know, like the New York hardcore documentary sort of shit. Like it, it, he was getting all those – into like, like Best Buy and you know what I mean? Like that sort of shit. And oh, wow. so he divested himself of that, uh, years ago, took the money and, uh, has since, uh, been, I mean, he represents a lot of my, my, uh, comic properties to, to film and television, but like he, uh, he also makes comics himself, but he's like, uh, I'm trying to think of who he's plugged in with. He's like, definitely, uh, uh, wreckage records uh adjacent sort of dude you know no shit that's cool all right i mean i respect like I, as long as he didn't take it from like somewhere else like if he takes it from i don't give a shit like I no think he awesome. definitely stole this from you all right because there's a there's a guy from dublin he's like a he's a singer mm. ed sheeran uh, yes it's ed sheeran singing galway girl no but his band is <laughs> he his like his wait is this hold on Give me one second. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a sing it's a solo guy, David Balf from Dublin. Don't trust him. He his band is his his musical project is called For Those I Love. Okay. So people that I know that know him, he's like, yeah, no, he has no idea. Okay. (laughs) But he's a hardcore kid. Oh, is that right? He loved like ceremony and trash. I'm like nothing. Yeah, listen. I mean, is this like, unless it's an REM fucking, you know. This one goes what? out to. What you guys hear? I get, I'm getting like an emergency. Is that a train? I think we're getting hit with a, a tsunami. Hold on one second. Oh, no. 
Patrick. This no. might be the last. Ma- <laughs> this is my last. This is my last. Uh, uh, All of a sudden, you're gonna hear. If you're not from Los Angeles, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what I thought of like I thought like Eric built like you know like uh, model trains while you were gone. Yo, that uh, yeah, he got really into modeling. Oh, he should really do that. Are you at the house? I am. Yeah. Let me ask you this: If we're doing sure? a couple quick quick hits, so we okay, can you know please. stretch us out a little bit, so we're not just giving the folks some half ass shit. What um, would you would you do for for the Indigenous People's Holiday? I uh, attended a Friendsgiving where I talked to a very high dude about NFTs. Now, did you like, did you, the band like break up, do their own things? You all stick together? No, we, we went to, uh, it was their Friendsgiving thing that, that, uh, uh, that I attended. They invited the old so weird guy to? Okay. It, it was, uh, Wait, it was nice. It Brian it was Murray? Like, well, we can name Brian Murray, right? Yeah, oh, is sure. he not Brian is Murray he unnameable now because you're mad at him because you fought with him that one time? No, please. Yeah, Patrick doesn't consider him a friend now, so he's like, no, oh, he was rubbing his this balls guy Brian Murray. Night. What are we talking about? Good, good, it's good. Our boy. We want to make sure you're good. I want no. I want. Uh, I'm going to give you a little insider information into the Los Angeles gay scene. He watched a uh, very prominent uh, Disney star uh, get drilled in the ass the other day in a pool. A little, little, little fun. That was his. That, that was his was friend's giving. That's kind of cool. Yeah, his I mean, friend. His friend's giving cool. was a lot more wild than my friend's giving, where I was on a couch listening to a dude talk about NFTs. Did but, you just do a blind item? I did. I did. What yeah. Disney star who's not yeah. out? Was, yeah, yeah okay. I think I. You know, he might be out though, but it's just him getting drilled like in in the in the pool in front of fifty uh, overweight dudes that makes it like a, a fun story. <laughs> Um, um, so, so like where does citizen go? Where does like Ned and like, and glitter go? Like what? Give me some, I always, I always found it fascinating bands that were on tour and far from home during like, like during, you know, a holiday where you can't have a show because no one's going to come. Yeah. But like what happens for those folks? Is it like every person for themselves, every band for themselves? Is it like, uh, we, well, we invited everybody to, to the drug church friends giving, uh, the citizen dudes were supposed to chill with their uh, manager who was putting on like a Thanksgiving thing for them in, in Los Angeles. But I talked to them last night and they were, I'm not trying to scare anybody. They're going to be attending the show. Also, this will come out after the show takes place tonight, but they, they were somehow stranded in Patterson, uh, uh, California, which wow. if you're it's not any, familiar, anything like Patterson, New Jersey, then my, I, I, I was going to say, if you're not familiar with it, it's like, I'd rather be stranded in the ocean. So it, it's uh, uh, why were they stranded? I didn't get the details from them. Uh, Man, this this little leg of the tour has been a. We could talk so, about that. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. So it. I'm not telling tales out of school that Citizen uh, got their van and trailer stolen and recovered it. Um, it is uh, firstly to our listeners who are like you know like on that peace punk sort of shit where it's uh, people over profit and the state only cares about. Uh, uh, property crimes doesn't care about crimes against human beings. Uh, just to clarify, the state doesn't care about property crimes either. If you're not rich, they don't give a fucking no. shit. So like, no, they come, they write some some stuff down, and they leave, and you'll never that, see. Precisely stuff. right. So they, uh, I don't think I'm telling anything. Citizen wouldn't want, but like, basically, a number of their they they were they retrieved almost everything. What they couldn't get back was because. The dude who had it, and they know he had it, 
was was in his trailer and police did not see him go from the van to his trailer so they could not connect him despite the fact that it was parked at his house and to me that supplies all the probable 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 cause you would need however on the flip side these are in fact the protections that you would want from police so there's two ways to look at this if I were a citizen, I'd be very frustrated that I know a couple grand of my shit is sitting in a dude's lap in his trailer and police can't even look inside the trailer. I would be very frustrated. However, if I was somebody who did not commit a crime, I don't want the police sticking their head in my trailer for uh, on a bullshit probable cause. So <clears throat> two ways to look at that. But suffice to say, the state doesn't care about your van and trailer and they're talking about yeah and stuff. they don't give a shit about you yeah yeah, they don't care so it was uh citizen did a smart thing uh by making their van trackable and uh they went and vans do that that van bands do that you can do that for very little money now uh really really smart it's really worth it uh hey everyone this is tuck from fit for a king in off-road minivan Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. I mean, Pat, do you want to tell them? I mean, I, I don't know if you want to cape up for Steve Jobs and the like, but like. So, you, so they use. For bands that are listening and are like, I wonder how we could do that. Here yes. You can do it. Uh, everybody go to the Apple store or to a Target and buy yourself the uh, Apple tags. Um, nope. the, Garmin sells a uh, like a more heavy duty one, and that might be worth doing for sure. Uh, but get yourself something that enables you to track like this is just for, I know that. (laughs) So Tom, do you know that you and I have totally different listeners? Yes. Okay. Well, well aware. So (laughs) for the (laughs) listeners that share my concerns about living in a surveillance state, uh, it's, (laughs) this isn't, uh, the best thing in the world, but you should take advantage of it so that your items are not lost forever. And that is, Get yourself something with a tracking device, uh, like whether that's oh, an Apple tag, uh, like AirTags or whatever they're called. Oh, this is such so an you're incredible. Walking around with a phone. This is such an incredible crossroads for Patrick because of his disdain for surveillance. We track. Disdain uh, for I hate surveillance. That, I hate that versus thing. your desire for property rights yeah Pat, so, you are already tracked you have a phone in your pocket I, i've you heard laptop. all this i've heard all this nonsense listen it, it, there is you think a, it's different because you get this tile that you tape under one of the, under the captain's chair in the fucking van all of a sudden it's like fucking I'll, they're coming for you i then just then you become edward snowden give me a no, break no 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 it forget uh, okay forget the forget the state watching you i think it's getting weirder and weirder that we have the ability to watch each other in this like like ring ring facts, cameras facts. ring cameras are fascinating. They're also pretty disgusting. Yeah, and like yeah, I wouldn't recommend those. And and also like I love that Citizen app, that little snitch app that I can't get mm. enough of. But at the end of the day, that's a snitch app. You know, <laughs> like that's it's oh, not 1, Yeah, it's not good. And the, you're just uh, waiting for the thing to pop up on your screen and be like, 
man is beating another man with a chicken or something. That's all you there that's for. What I, that, that's what I'm there like, for. But like, meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the, and there are things like that. It's like alligator running down fucking, you know, outside the Chinese state, man's Chinese theater or whatever yes. it's called now. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's a wild. What's time. it called now? Uh, it's actually changed its name. It's the something else Chinese theater now. Um, okay. But anyway, uh, all of this is to say that if you want to hang on to your shit, uh, get yourself something that geolocates uh, in that vehicle and take care of yourself because everybody, everybody is getting ripped off out here. It's getting very rough. And I'm going to say this with no sort of political commentary whatsoever. I don't even know what to draw from this information, so I don't have political commentary to offer. It is fucking rough out here at this exact moment. Uh, the cities that I feel like my property is safe in is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, that list is shorter. So are you safer in the big cities than the, than those back country cities? No, I mean it, like Portland, a lot people that came out to our show in Portland all had their vehicles ripped, ripped up. Uh, and I don't think of Portland as being like, a place I've got to be on guard myself, but like the property stuff is really wild right now. Like the, the car breakage, like in San Francisco, I felt pretty good until I talked to people from San Francisco that were like, Oh yeah, stick your head out every few minutes. Like wow. it, it's, there's not like a ton of places that I feel good at the moment. So, uh, I don't know, just Rough a thing, to there, con- a thing to consider. Um, if you're a touring band, uh, I mean, what's shocking to me if for, for the citizen story? Yes. Like in my head, like when you go like, oh, their van got stolen. Like this had happened to to one king down yep. outside of CBs in the 90s happened to like mm. trip face and all stuff. Like by the time, like, you know, so you're running around the Lower East Side trying to find the van. By the time you find it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's stripped. Yeah. But the fact that like this person took it from point A and just moved it to point B, not that far away, and then was going to figure like I figured like they were, you know, their amps were, were being hocked already. OK, so let, let's talk about that uh, again. Sorry to citizen if I'm telling tales out of school. I don't think I'm saying anything. That I mean, this have. is all general stuff that I've seen on the Internet, so I'm not saying so, anything. that. So in, in this case. Uh, and this is what I'd like to make our listeners aware of. I've said on the podcast before I've kind of implicated venues and then walked it back because clearly I don't know, you know, like it's irresponsible to say, um, it's probably not venues to be honest in much more likely it is, for example, I won't say that this is citizen. You look out your window vans. there, great. You get your clothes on, you go outside Van's missing. Uh, you go to the hotel security. Hey, uh, our van was just stolen. We're going to need the cameras for when the cops show up. Oh, the cameras are out on that side of the building. Oh. Could somebody reasonably not implicate the overnight guy at that point? You would have to say, oh, is that right? He's a suspect. But like, so here's the thing. The... The person that stole their vehicle, the people that stole their vehicle, drove it 30 minutes to their home. So my question would be, was this was this gang of uh, of uh, van thieves, were they just driving around random Marriott's 30 miles away from their home? Or is it much more likely that somebody made a phone call to them and said, 
hey, the cameras that are out whenever you come by are out today. I'm not saying this is the case because I don't need the Marriott of Baymont of, uh, you know, whatever or whatever right. coming up my ass. But I'm saying that in my view, this shit is almost always an inside job and you are getting no protections. We part, I, I'm pushing hard for us to only stay at casinos. Mm. And that's, that's because casinos are the only places that we've stayed on this tour that have their own security plus infinite surveillance. So like it is like <clears throat> when we parked at some sketchball shitty ass casino, I felt the safest that I felt with our shit on this entire tour. So that's just food for thought for anybody out there. Really? Yeah. I, w- the idea that you just have like, I don't know what it was. It's a, uh, they had their own security and then they, it was on a reservation. So it was the reservation police d- did the drive around a- every hour. Right. So like that shit is all valuable when as a deterrent, like we also, uh, let me, okay. So drug church, I don't want to give th- potential thieves our all, all our fucking modus operandi, but we just bought boots for our vehicle. We're putting boots on every night and like, like, like a parking, like you, yeah, you didn't smart, pay your parking yeah. tickets. boots. Yeah. And here's the thing. You can take a boot off. It takes half an hour. You could take a boot off, but I want you to earn whatever you're going to take from us. You know what I mean? Like you, you better, okay. You're putting in half an hour worth of work. You're going to sit there <laughs> and you're going to wow. take the, take this boot off. tracker. So you better be quick. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because so Tom, I, I liked what you said too in the nineties bands would get their van stolen and it was stripped. I think we're looking at different people who are grabbing these vans right now. I think this is people it's a it speaks to kind of where we're where things are at. I think it's are there more organized people grabbing grabbing vans? Sure, I'm sure in some places, but I think in some other places it's just people who are on a new thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's the catalytic converter craze of the moment where it's just yeah, people are fucking hurting, man. Yeah, desperate people. You know, so, it's, it sucks. Uh but it, but here's the thing, like not to dare a bad situation, but Desperate or not, you're not getting my shit. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to earn it. So you sleep in the van, or now that you stay in hotels, you stay inside. I sleep in the van any night that it's above like forty degrees. By choice, like not to protect your shit necessarily, but nah, I'm it- just, I'm just the guy that's like totally com- like I can fall asleep there with no problem. So, so like I just elect to do that, you know, um, because some people they if a bad a bad night's sleep to them is like. like it just ruins them. But like, if I'm asleep, I'm asleep. There's no like sleeping on the floor and sleeping on a bed are the same to me. Cause I'm, I'm asleep. So like, right. Which is good to know. So when they steal, when they try to steal your van and you're asleep and you're asleep and (laughs) you're just going for a joyride. uh, Yeah. yeah. So uh, like, you're not going to be a deterrent. They're just going to be like, Oh shit. That guy still, I just had a bump. Where are we going? No, there's, there's that, there's that uh, breakfast potatoes. There's well, I've had a dude. I've told the story on this podcast. Break into the van, steal something from my bag, inches away from my head, and did not wake up. That so, is so clearly. I am not audacious. Yeah, yeah, way audacious. I think about that and think, wow, uh, he, like I, you deserve I, it more than I do, buddy. He could have given me a wet willy. So, <laughs> Wisdom and Chains has a song about that. Them waking up, or one of the members waking up in the van as it's being driven away by a thief. Yes, I believe. If I'm get, now, pardon me, Wisdom. It happened Chains. in Ohio. I want to say. Yeah, I'm not in their circle, so I don't want to. I don't. But I heard this story the other day, and it was Crutch that actually experienced. Oh, okay. That. Same dude. Some of the same dudes. Same right? dudes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the. the uh, 
I think that the wrong they experienced- band if you're doing that one. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they experienced uh, yeah. it in Crutch, sang about it in Wisdom and Chains, and it's a it's a semi it's like a lore sort of scenario where it it's a great if if it's as true as I hope it is, it's a great story. I'm betting it. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> like I would imagine. <laughs> well, like, yeah. that's a fact. Dudes that don't need to lie. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, like they don't have to tr- play it up. I mean, it's probably yeah. That's a yeah. It's a great song, but it's funny about like. Imagine of, of all the fucking vans in all the world, you pick these. Like, cool. Yeah, good luck. I, I got knocked unconscious trying to steal somebody's fucking flying V or something. You know what I mean? Like, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get- but I mean, I think it's such a scary thing, and it used to be put you know, only certain places or like you know, it's all over. And like, especially if you're on tour, and I know like the, pro- the property fucking rights, and you don't want you don't have to press charges, but you can get your stuff back. And yeah, especially for being on tour, it's not like someone, I mean, someone stealing your car is one thing and that really sucks. But like, if it's, you know, $20,000 worth of stuff, that's not portable Yeah, that's well, the, to me. Like we used to say this, like, you know, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or if, if you and I, like we just talked it off or talked about it off the air, but like there were certain places that we like rolled up and it was like, well, this is the only hotel within 30 miles and we're all exhausted. Like we'd like do like a quick scan and be like, all right, so we're carrying everything, but the amps inside. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every guitar, every, ba- every, every like the guitar heads, the bass head, everything. Yeah, and it's like, a, it's because one thirty yeah. in the morning, and this is annoying, but it's it, it'll be less annoying than having all of our shit stolen. Yes, right, right, right. But I mean, I can't like these, you know, God, you know, Citizen never got their shit back. Like, so that's a headlining tour that they've lost all of their stuff. Yes, and bands uh, of that ilk yeah. are not playing garbage. No, they're playing good they, equipment, and it right. They didn't like or and and hard to get equipment. They're not playing like crate amps and fucking, you know, Marshalls off the fucking shelf. No, so like they they got real shit. And that that's the thing is like they also do like you know they like the singer has an in ear because uh, their setup is such that they're like it, it's like it would be a major hassle and would impact the next few shows even if they borrowed nice gear. Because you're playing, you're playing on new shit. It's like, it, it, look, like right. they are, like these are only 500 cap rooms, which to some people isn't shit. But I'll tell you what, like they, they really put on like a fucking, they're good at this and they do a big show. So like, it's like, I think that we have this habit of if somebody's not filling an amphitheater, we just s- seem to say like, oh, that's rock club shit, and like you know they like it'll be fine. But it's like, no, there's people that take this shit seriously. You know, it's just, and they are right, one of those right. bands. So like it, it's, uh, and I'm, I don't take, I don't have any gear. So I, frankly, I couldn't give a shit, but I don't like the idea of the presumption that you're going to steal from me. Like while I'm asleep, like I, it, to me, it's like a weird, like respect thing where I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You're not getting any of this stuff. Like, what do you think? I'm a sucker. Like, how yeah, fuck yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like somebody's, I'm like, <laughs> What am I a fucking hump to you, bro? Like you're gonna do this in front of me? Exactly. I'm like I'm yeah. like the I'm like somebody's Goomba dad, uh, like helping their their son buy their first car. Like like oh you think you think I'm a sucker? Okay, yeah. well you know I. <laughs> the, yeah, you turn into like the Jersey Shore and like Ronnie stole your girlfriend right in front of yeah. you. What am I? What am I? Some kind of asshole? Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Um, so yeah, everybody be careful out there. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but then it like weirdly manifested on this tour and I got to see it up close. So, uh, an interesting thing, uh, Bob's right. Everybody do yourself the favor and get those, uh, tracking devices of whatever kind, the Apple ones. Yeah, I think they're like four for a hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And hide them somewhere in your van that they can't find and throw them away. Right. I've seen enough, like, 
Dan, I've seen enough Dan Brown books become movies where they go, "Here's I have a tracker in my coat. I'm going to throw it out and throw like the." Yeah, I'm going like, to I'm going to tape like Interpol it. off the you know off the scent. Yeah, I'm going to tape it to a sewer rat. <laughs> so you have to kind of maybe keep it somewhere that's not obvious that there's some tracking going on. Yeah, Sh- shout out to the sewer rats. 